family was always big social parties, tons of food. My mom does seven fishes for our Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve dinner every year. So um, it wasn't too hard switching over. It's so, so much easier to write a cookbook because you can sit down and write down a recipe. Novel writing is just, is so much more time. I mean, you have to put your butt in that chair every day, specific, you know, specific time to get it done. Or it doesn't get done. Or, you know, if you got a, an hour, you can throw a couple recipes together and take a picture. And it's a lot easier to do the cookbook. Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, their stories behind their stories, the writing process, and any other miscellaneous writing stuff that we decide to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have author and fitness guru, Kelly Hughes-Roberts. Kelly is a Delmarva native and graduated with a mass communications degree from Salisbury University. Her first novel, The Road to Chianti, was published by Balboa Press in 2012 and focused on a young pair of siblings as they lose everything, their parents, their home, and then are forced to struggle for their lives as they escape the cruel clutches of a woman who runs the orphanage where they've been placed. The Road to Chianti is a young adult novel that crosses over into adult fiction and has been well-received in our local schools. In addition to her writing, Kelly is well-known and highly respected as a face of fitness. She owns the Beach Pilates and Wellness Studio in Bethany Beach, Delaware, and is the brains behind Farm Foodie Fitness, the blog, and the website. These passions for writing and health and fitness have coalesced into an inspiring series of cookbooks. Her third cookbook in the Farm Foodie Fitness series was just published by Saltwater Media in December of 2015. So welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thanks for having me. One of the things that I wanted to hit right away um, is going back to the road of Chianti. What was the inspiration for this? I mean, I know you and I are both Marvin natives and there's no, uh, you know, sort of vineyards and, you know, these sort of Tuscan things. So I just, you know, wanted to, to drop on that right quick. So, um, it actually comes from time I spent in Italy. Um, I was in Tuscany for about three weeks. So it's kind of my journey through Tuscany and just, I was with my best friend. So we spent a lot of time just hanging out at vineyards and we were sitting out at, we were actually in Chianti staying in like this little bed and breakfast and we were sitting out under the stars and the little like garden lights were up underneath us. And I always wanted to be a writer. So we were just talking. She was like, you know, you should write about this. And I was like, well, who wants to hear about two, you know, single girls hanging out in Tuscany. So I was like, and I always kind of like leaned towards the kids stuff. Cause it was, I don't know. It seems more real, I guess. Like if you think about little kids seem to get more into the books more than I guess, I don't know. It doesn't really come off that way, but, um, little kids so I put two little kids to the story so it made it more realistic instead of two you know 20 year old girls sitting in Tuscany so it kind of stemmed off from us sitting there drinking wine (laughs) but the story is you know about two little kids that kind of have to go through all this turmoil and stuff to you know survive because they lose everything and they have to fight for their lives Absolutely. Well, young adult fiction, I think a, a lot of adults are reading young adult fiction. And, and so I think that young adult genre really is, I think as, you know, when we were kids, we were reading like, you know, the Nancy Drew and like, so all these things. And then as we grew up, there's still a part of me, like, I love the Harry Potter series. I love the Lemony Snicket stuff, you know? So I think that even as an adult, like we kind of go back because I think there's something in that 
the young struggle to kind of grow up and figure it out. And I mean, in, in, in what happens in the road to Chianti with, with these, you know, two young kids, I mean, that's some pretty serious stuff that happens to them and they really have to kind of grow. They really have to, they're forced to grow up. So I think that you're right in that you're hitting, you know, the young kids, but I think also as an adult reading it, that, that that there were some heavy topics that you dealt with in that, in the road to Chianti. Yeah, they they have a big struggle, but I think it also I fell in love with, with Italy while I was there. So, and a lot of people don't get to travel, so it is also you know the cities, the towns, the food, the culture, the actual events that are in like in Siena when they're at the horse races. Those are all true events that actually happen in Tuscany at those times. So you kind of are learning from it also. And I actually there's you know Italian words in there too, so you get a little bit of learning about all of Italy and you kind of take something away from it instead of it just being, you know, a fiction story. It's kind of nonfiction, historical nonfiction crossing into fiction too. Cause a lot of it is true. Right. So. right. One of the things about what's it called? Young adult, young right, adult YA, fiction. Right? I sometimes. The, I yeah. Young adult fiction. And sometimes we're calling it new adult fiction too. There's this whole, it, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting in that when I was a kid, there were some, right. but it wasn't, much of a thing. I actually discovered Robert Cormier through my daughters, but it turns out that you know he had written whatever it is, I am the cheese or whatever, you know, in in the seventies. Right. Um, so it was it was there, but it just wasn't. It wasn't like, hey, you should be reading this. And we were treated poorly, right? So so children weren't treated as well as they are today, and then they were sheltered from like the psychological horrors that really are like we were pretending that fiction was just pretend and that real life was too real. And this right. seems almost like a flip like I think I think children are probably better taken care of than we were in the in the nineteen seventies than I was in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> I mean our parents gave us lawn darts and we're like, congratulations, you know, we're flinging it up in the air and just like you know Right, but lawn darts right. and Nancy Drew. Yeah. You know, exactly. in, 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 in <laughs> Long Darts and Nancy Drew, <laughs> a new novel by. There you go. But no, I think you're right. There's something to be. There's something in the the young adult fiction, the new adult fiction, however we're gonna call it these days. Like, there's this brutality. I think that. I mean, I'm not saying like Road to County is brutal. I'm not saying that. <laughs> at all. Um, but you know, th- there's sort of like this. We're not sheltering the kids. We're not sheltering them from this tough stuff you know it's not nancy drew you know figuring out the mystery of the weird clock it is kids who've had their house burned down like in the rogue county they've lost their parents they've gone to this orphanage which is run by this crazy woman who's out to get them and work them you know and then you know you've got the hunger games where hey guess what one of you's gonna die congratulations um you know and then so i think kind of there there has been this shift from like everything's also, kind of awesome too. I don't know, but I mean, I, maybe I wasn't reading the terrible books. When I, I was think little. maybe it's the way the world is and how media and kids are, are on the internet all the time, so they're overly exposed to things all the time. So I think like the Nancy Drews aren't going to work anymore because it's not realistic because they're not. That's, I mean, it's just kind of a fantasy world. They kept very you in good bubble. Point. Very good you point. Fifties, sixties, seventies. You know, moms are still staying at home. Well, maybe not the seventies are starting to revolutionize, but like moms are staying home with the kids. Well, now they're working and kids kind of have to grow up quick. I mean. My seven-year-old says stuff to me sometimes. I'm like, how in the world do you know that stuff already? You're, almost, you know, you're not even seven yet. So it's interesting. So I, I think you're right, but I never thought of it that way. It's not that there's more young adult fiction as much as there's less 
puff, like the puff isn't catching on in the way that the at the that the realism, I guess, right. is catching on. But I think kids are not to say they're smarter, but they're more worldly today than than definitely than I was. You know, I mean, they're exposed to so much stuff, and you can spend an hour on the internet and figure out a world of. So you kind of have to be more creative these days because they're getting bored quick. So. Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, what are the, how, just kind of going back, cause I was thinking about this when you were talking about it earlier. So when you were in Italy, did you start doing your research there or was that like, you know what, I'm just going to take this entire trip in and then on the flight home, make a bunch of notes and then knock it out. Yeah. I pretty much just like lived in the moment while I was there and just kind of made mental notes. And I mean, I've always been writing since I was little, so I always had a journal with me. So I think I probably wrote a little bit of stuff here and there just so I didn't forget some stuff. And then, um, and then I think I did actually, cause I was on the flight home by myself and I think I wrote a little bit of stuff. And then when I got home, I just sat down and started piecing it all together. So yeah, you kind of have to take Italy and why it's there. Cause you don't get it back. So you got to yeah. live in the moment while you're there. Exactly. And so you have since had children or did you have children when you were working on this? No, one? I've since had children. Oh, all right. I was, I was just going to um, ask how, how having children has changed your, your writing time. Like I, as I was saying before we started, I have, I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> if I want to get any writing done. Anything I want right. to get done, I have to do in an empty, quiet house. Right. Um, no, I, let's see, it was published in 2012 and it took me about two or three years to write it. So I think I, when I re- actually sat down to actually start writing it, um, it was after the second time I've gone to Italy. So I was pregnant with my first one. So I, I was incorporating, like thinking about her cause my you know, pr- protagonist is, uh, Alessandra. So I kind of put thought about Lila, who's my daughter into that picture. And then when I was finishing up, I was actually pregnant with my second, who is a boy. So they kind of, I was thinking, also, I have two younger brothers. I kind of attached those, my two and then my brothers, like, with me, if it was the situation and they had to deal with it. I mean, you would fight till, for tooth and, you know, tooth and nail to survive, especially with your siblings. You do whatever it takes to make it, that you both made it okay. So I kind of pieced, you know, my kids, if, it, if they were left without us or if it was, you know, Kyle, Chris, and I, and we didn't have any parents and something happened, how would we deal with it so it kind of has a little bit of reality to it sure and i think that you know as as writers we pull the things around us as fodder you know we we pull those things in as material as you know kind of the stuff that we're going to mesh and move so you know i can definitely see i mean i know you and your brothers and so i you know when i was reading i was like oh you know i I was like like i saw you you know as you the protagonist and um you know so i think that there's that connection of um, been to this place. I'm inspired by the thing, and now I'm going to write this story, and I'm going to draw on these people to be characters. And I, th- I feel like that's kind of a natural even my bad impulse. Evil person has comes from somebody in my life. I kind of <laughs> pulled from her to get some pieces into there. So I think we have those as well. <laughs> there was I think I saw somebody had a. a a t-shirt or maybe it was like a meme on Facebook and it was like never tick off a writer because you'll end up being the villain or right. you know, you'll end up in a book somewhere or something like that. But... Taylor Swift and all of her songs about her ex-boyfriend. Act- absolutely. <laughs> I'm actually the meanest person I know so I guess I'm lucky Aww. that way. You, yeah. You, Tony always likes to say he's meanest on Twitter yeah. which is pretty true. <laughs> so when you go through the narrative one of the things that and I don't know why I got this impression but did you go through the entire narrative and then go back and have infill. I don't know why when you were talking about the writing process, it seemed to me that 
Or did you just punch through from beginning to end? I wrote the first, like, two chapters, and then I skipped a little bit and then came back into it. So I kind of, yeah, kind of pieced it here and there. I kind of knew how the ending was going to be and then kind of... Filled in the filled middle. It in. But the beginning was the first part that I sat down and wrote to, like, really focus on to try to get you into the story. But, yeah, I had to skip a little bit and then try to come back into it to try to, you know, piece it together. But um, I tend to write like that, like, start backwards sometimes <laughs> and then have to go back to the beginning. When you... How, how often is it that you start something and you're into it and you're like, ugh. This isn't this isn't a story. I thought it was, but I was mistaken. Um, I mean, these days it's hard for me with you know I have a 16 week old, so between a business and three small little ones, I don't get to write as much. So if I tend to write, it's on the fitness side. So I'm doing you know a recipe or something gardening with the kids or something like that. But with like actual, I would love to be able to go back through my journals and stuff that I've written stuff down and write stuff. But I think you know my mom always brings the story up when people ask about me writing. My college professor for poetry workshop actually pulled me into his office and asked if I needed help because he thought I was going to commit suicide because I tended to write more dark back then. Right. And now everything's changed. But it would be cool to be able to go back and look at some of the stuff I wrote and probably be like, oh, my God, he probably did think I was going to do something horrible to myself. But, um, I mean, I think we all have different faces of of who we are. And, you know, as life changes, you know, when you're 18, you're writing differently than when you're 30, 38, you know. Sure. So. No, I think that was kind of a, a, a point that, um, you know, when you were talking about the recipes and stuff, I remember like early on in the book, I was, when I was reading, there's the scene where she's describing, where you're describing this gigantic Italian dinner. Um, I'm not Italian, but apparently when they have dinner, they, it is all out and yeah. yeah, it was huge. And so I'm reading this part of the, in the novel and, uh, like I'm laying in bed and going through Kelly's book and, and I'm reading, there's this like food and cheese and descriptions and all this stuff is coming out. And I was like, um, I'm really kind of hungry now. (laughs) Like it was, you know, and I've kind of, and then in subsequent work, um, as you've done three cookbooks now. So for me, I, you know, to see the descriptions of food there and then for you now to do, to have three cookbooks, it kind of makes sense now. Um, you know, as I see that, but, um, how, how is it to, how is it, how hard is it to switch from young adult fiction, new adult fiction, this type of novel work, and then just switch gears into a cookbook and then to be able to do both well? How, 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 how do you do well, that? I have a small obsession with food. So like, it's the thing that I get most excited about. Like I, I have like a list of restaurants that, you know, if I go to Charleston, I'm going to Sean Brock's restaurant and I'm, you know, I don't eat like crazy stuff, but the last time I was at his restaurant, I ate pig ears, which I don't eat pork (laughs) and like pheasant. And I was eating like fish roe out of the top of shrimp heads and weird stuff that I never do. But I like have this crazy obsession food networks on all the time. My kids are watching it. Um, so, and my dad was a chef. So, and my younger brother's a chef. So we kind of, it's always been ingrained. Like family was always big social parties, tons of food. My mom does seven fishes for our Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve dinner every year. So, um, it wasn't too hard switching over. It's so so much easier to write a cookbook because you can sit down and write down a recipe. I have a hard time writing the recipe out because I just throw things in and I'm like, oh my gosh, how much did I just stick of, you know, chocolate in there? And then I'm like, okay, well, we'll just try to wing it to make the recipe because I just throw things together. That's how I cook. I don't really follow a recipe very well. Um, but to be able to 
novel writing is just, is so much more time. I mean, you have to put your butt in that chair every day and specific, you know, specific time to get it done or it doesn't get done. Or, you know, if you got a, an hour, you can throw a couple recipes together and take a picture and it's a lot easier to do the cookbook. I feel like it would be harder to do the cookbook if, personally for me, you know, like I, I feel like that would, well, the, I couldn't do the that. The best cookbooks have to have the stories that go with them. It's not just a list of things that happen. Like right. the, like in a cookbook, I mean the the actual recipes are almost like footnotes or pictures. Right. Right. Then uh, I mean the the real work is coming up with the cool story that makes the right. recipe worth making. I right. think right. a little blurb in the yeah, at and, the top is the right. And part. Kelly does that before right. every one of her recipes. She's like, you know, you want to get your kids in the kitchen. This is great because such and such and, you know, the little backstories that she kind of pulls in. And it's like, oh, well, if her kids can do it, I probably can pull it off, you know. So I want to go back to the to the pig ears for just a second. <laughs> um, only because I have I'm, – I'm very technically uh, a vegetarian. If I know who killed it, I'll eat it. Right. The only exception to that is if it's a food that I will never see again. Right. right? I would eat pig's ears in a second because – when and like when it's not, see it. you're not going to pick them up at you know McDonald's that there's no McPig ears right <laughs> I mean they have them but they're in the hamburgers <laughs> right oh, yeah, you're, <laughs> right. you're right oh, but you know man. what I mean like when when it's we uh, we do food trips we've done a couple of food trips and we're we're when we were planning our next one they're like well we could go to Buffalo and they're like well Tony won't eat buffalo wings I'm like no no if you're in Buffalo. You yeah. have to, like, yeah. you know, right. when, when, I mean, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings unless someone drugs me first, right. but, <laughs> but I mean, if, you know, and, and it is a very when in Rome kind of thing, it's like, how can you miss out on an opportunity right. like that? That's how I am too. Like I eat very local, very seasonal. It's usually got to be organic, but if I'm going to, like I said, like Sean Brock's husk, then, I mean, he does local down there, so I know he's getting it from a reliable source. So I'm going to eat. I'm like, I'm there. I've been waiting three years to get to this restaurant. I'm eating the stupid pig ears. Right, absolutely. My husband was like, jaw on the table. Like, is this for really happening? Yeah, no. If, you yeah. Can, if, if it's new and you can eat it, I, I feel right. like you have to. Yeah, you got to kind of live in the, you know, in the moment and the experience. Yeah. So how did you transition from... Oh, God, I hate that word. <laughs> so you're, you're, a, you're a fitness instructor. Right. And then you decided you wanted to get into cookbook writing? Is that the timeline? <laughs> um, I, well, I'm a holistic health coach. So I do, I'm a Pilates instructor and then a holistic health coach. I'm a raw chef. So I have like this full gamut of, and again, my mom was in the fitness industry since I was little. My dad was a chef. So it's kind of been technically ingrained into my head since I was part of your literal DNA there. Right. Um, so the cookbook thing, you know, I'm a master gardener. I have a school garden where I teach the kids. Like we go in, we start the seeds, they come out, put them in the garden, they take care of it harvest so they learn the full gamut and then i would take them back in once they harvest something and teach them how to cook it or how to prepare it to eat it my kids are always in the kitchen i mean it's just it's kind of just like comes naturally to me and people are always saying like oh my gosh i saw what you made on facebook how do you make it or you know can you show me how to eat healthy or people are always asking me what do you eat how do you stay you know so in shape how do you stay thin all the time and i'm like i don't really do anything that different i don't eat at mcdonald's so, ever, <laughs> ever. My kids have never been to McDonald's. So, um, I, I mean, I guess it's just, it just comes naturally to me. I have a crazy obsession. If you walk into my kitchen, there are cookbooks all over the place. Well, and comes, I just the, the lifestyle comes naturally. The sharing comes naturally, but marrying them is, is an act of will. Well, I just, I was always asking for 
you know, they wanted this recipe and they wanted that. And I just thought, well, if I collaborate a lot of the stuff that I make that people get so excited about, then they can just take a little book and walk away with it. And then they can always go back and be like, oh, I want Kelly's kale slaw recipe. It's in, in my book. I'll just so it was it. basically like, in order to get people to stop bothering me, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> I'm going to write several True. books so Not they stop bothering me. No. It's like becoming a doctor to keep people from asking you about their rashes. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> no, one of the things that I think that you've been pretty good at, and I think Tony just started to hit on it, was that... There is a frequency that you have that I, I really wish that I had with your writing because you are always blogging. You're always posting recipes. You're always um, putting the information out. You're always making, you know, like a fitness post. There's So when you're doing your farm foodie fitness blog website, you know, that kind of I, – I think you've been able to establish an identity in our local community as – an expert. You are an expert at Pilates. You are an expert in the health. You are an expert in eating well and having these sort of things. And I think you've done a really good job at establishing, I hate to say like writers as brands, but I mean, I feel like you've really Branding established yourself. your identity in our community in that way. And I really feel that, um, and I, you know, I frequently see you pop up with recipes and, you know, a blog post and this, and I'm like, man, I just like, I feel like I need to, I wish I had, I wish I had your frequency, but I think that maybe that's kind of where you're kind of what you were hitting on a little bit, Tony, was that there's like, you got to have that will to kind of push that out. So you kind of have to keep yourself out there again. I think these days too, or you kind of get forgotten about, like I said, you know, the internet's constantly, constantly being overly stimulated all the time. So you kind of just have to put yourself out there. I just make myself like at least, I mean, blogging is getting harder now for me. So I've, if I can get myself at least once a week to get it out there, I mean, I would love to do it every day before I mean, my blog has been, is five years old now. So it means not as much as I would like to be, but you know, you got a business and a family and you need a little bit of downtime and have to sleep sometime too. So, <laughs> so yeah, you just have to kind of like, I just make a list every for the week. And then I kind of just pop them in there. Like, and if I can't get the blog post up on Tuesday, then hopefully it gets up by Friday. So I just kind of just have to put it like, I actually have to like write post Pilates for, you know, the studio on Tuesday of the class that I want up to go up there. So, right, or right. I won't do it cause I'll tend to forget. So, yeah. So you've got, you've got two different things that you're marketing usually toward the end of the show. And as we are kind of coming toward the end, um, Let's talk a little bit about marketing because you're, you've got two different two different genres that you're that you're selling. Mm-hmm. Um, are there a separate? Are they? Are they? Tell me about how you sell. Tell me about what you do to get the the books sold. And the books. <laughs> um, well, I, at the studio I have a boutique, so they're out, so people can just grab them there. Um, you know, social media. I have them out there. The Road to Chianti has been in you know a couple schools, like fourth and fifth grade have taken them in and used them through the library and then read them. Um, the gardening kids cookbook, you know, schools are reaching out for them. Parents or mothers usually are the ones that want it. So I just, I just try to keep putting it out there. It's just try to keep it in everybody's face between social media and then just my stuff. And then I have books, you know, here at saltwater media, I have them in, um, browse about in Rehoboth or some in Charleston. So it just kind of like when I'm traveling, I usually try to take them with me if the bookstores are willing to take them. And I kind of just try to get them. So they're in a couple of places. So you can... you'll bring them personally to the bookstores yourself and oh, sell yeah. them like a pound paper. Very cool, like <laughs> like old timey. Like you have like a big suitcase and mm-hmm. maybe a funny hat that you wear. Yep. Pound, <laughs> yeah, just pound the pavement because I mean that's really the only way to get out there is just to 
put yourself out there. So. And I know one of the things that um, I've seen um, that you've done is with uh, lo- local like health fairs and like events and things like that. Like they have you come be like a keynote speaker, and so you're out keynote speaking on you know this topic, that topic, whatever. And you even have done cooking demonstrations. Mm-hmm. And so as you're doing this cooking demonstration, people are like, "Oh, I love this recipe." You're like, "Well, it just so happens it's in that book right, right. there." And right. So. That's when one of the things we've talked about with other writers is that when you are an expert and you're kind of doing your thing, the books are, they, they tag along with you and then they're, you know, generates interest, you know, from, from that circle. Right. Do you find that you do better that way? Like when you give a talk, do you always bring books, things like that? Yeah. I usually always have them with me. I actually have a box in the car just in case someone <laughs> says hey i need one and i'm like okay well and i don't have to say i have to go drive to bethany to get it for you so i can just say here there's some in the car that's uh, i i was at um i was at a, a conference and someone said oh well you know i'd like to buy one of your books i'm like all right well you know go online and buy one they're like you don't have them with you and like it never even occurred to me that that, that was something that people might say if you have a book right now i'll buy it and she said to me she's like no i'm not doing that and she's like i would buy it from you right. if you had it here well that's right awesome now. because most people will be like oh i'll just go to amazon i'm like don't go to amazon because amazon takes all the money yeah amazon's the worst right so they are well, the I, worst. I, I will admit to actually i had i had a typo in my last book um and i wanted to get to a second printing so i was like really pushing i'm like they're so cheap at amazon go buy all right. the ones you can <laughs> you just want to fix just one typo yeah, just, you're willing just, to sell 20 books for a book just to get, just to get one typo I'm, I'm already selling 20 books for a book Aww. so it, this is, this is for, for, uh, the struggle of a writer well, i mean well just the, the way the way my day I, I get like a dollar 85 a book or something absurd. yeah it's, yeah, it's tough I, people don't realize that that's why i'm like don't go online and get it they're right here i always i always like yeah. you do that like well if you buy it from me i'll sign it for you and they're like oh okay so <laughs> exactly. you kind of can pitch it that way too yeah no it's i i always you know try to tell author i mean it, it is my like big push like the closer the 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 reader can buy to you the better it is for the author like amazon is terrible whether you're traditionally published like tony or indie published you know um like like me or combo like you um you know the the, the Amazon is just not our friend. It is not our friend. And Barnes and, and Noble and stuff too. Unless you're like selling millions of copies, you're yeah, not, it's the same thing it's, too. No, and so I kind of feel like if once an indie author can just be like, I don't like Amazon and I don't <laughs> like that thing. I'm just going to focus on this part over here. They've already taken a big amount of mm-hmm. uh, you know oh, yeah. uh, disappointment off their plate. It's true. It's true. It's it's sad but true. Oh. Well, I we just, yeah, I, I, I just the, the typo. Just there's nothing more humiliating to me. It's just it, I, it drives I, I me crazy that too. Dead. That's why I can't read. Keep I, reading. I'm like, I, I can't read my book anymore because I'll find things and then I'll go crazy and like lay, wait, lay awake at night and be like, oh my god, there's I forgot a period or it doesn't sound that word doesn't sound right. So I just oh no, like we were talking like I think before you came in that um, I was giving a reading of from my book. It was like four years ago. I was in Shinkatee and I'm giving this reading, and I had picked this passage and there were probably. 25, 30 people that I was, you know, at this place giving this reading to. And I'm reading from a section of, and I'm reading this story and I'm going along, going along, and I hit a typo. 
I'm reading out loud. I hit this typo. And like half of my brain is freaking out. Like, oh my God, there's a typo. This is ridiculous. I'm, and then I'm angry at myself and I'm like, how could you do this? How did you not see this? And like the 20,000 times you looked at this book. And then the other part of my brain is like, be cool. There are 30 people that don't want to watch you melt down right now. Like just keep it together. And so there was like these, and I just kind of kept going, but it was like, it was like, you know, I feel like in those movies where it's like red lights going bonk, bonk, you know, yeah, uh, it's just, it's painful. So no, I get it. Um, the that's the other question I want to ask. How often do you do you do much? Do you book your own public speaking engagements, or do you wait to be asked? A combination of both. Um, for for the novel, um, usually people come to me for that one. Um, the cooking and all that stuff. I usually get a lot of like people asking if I'll come speak or if I will do personal ones. But the novel is kind of you know, slow down a little bit. I don't push it as much just because of time, but I mean, I would love to get it back out there again. I'm kind of trying to find a, like a literary agent to do the work for me. Sure. But I think that that's that the genre that I picked at young adult is so hard to get into now. It's competitive. Harry Potter. Right. Um, After Twilight, after, you know, Hunger Hunger Games, Games, after Insurgent. What's that other one? Oh yeah. The Divergent. 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 Yeah. 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 I only saw the movies. Yeah, so I, I know only know that it's a thing. It's just it's so hard <laughs> these days. More ignorant you are <laughs> wonderful. So um, yeah, young adults tough. It's very you're tough. Small and then like, you know, an eighteen year old doesn't really want to read that middle grade going into adult. So it's that that's the genre that's tough to get into. Now I I didn't know this until Stephanie said so. Your combination published. I don't know what that means. Oh, about well, she did the first one with Balboa and then the. Other ones, the other we, three we've done for her. Oh, 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 oh! I thought I thought that one book was like some sort of no, hybrid. This no. one's uh, out of Indiana, I think, is where the publishing house is, and then okay. the other three are with stuff. So indie, and then not not really indie. Well, it was funny They're about the Hay House, so it's like a step down from Hay House. Gotcha. Yeah, the um, it was funny when so Kelly was one of the first clients that I had when when we opened Saltwater, and we had been set up to do black and white interiors, you know, for the book machine that we have in the back. And so Kelly comes in and she's like, "Hey, I got this book." I'm like, "Oh, great," because I, you know, did you know I read uh, Road to County, and she's like, "Yeah, it's a cookbook." And she's like, "I'm gonna have my brother did these color photos," and I was like, "Yeah, great, no problem." And then the second Kelly leaves. I turned to I turned to Patty and I said, "How are we gonna do color? Like, I, because the first thing you know that you know, you 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 make a plan and you think this is how this is how we're gonna do things, and then all of a sudden, like the second or first or second client that comes to the door wants something that's totally outside the model, you know. And I def and I was like, "No, we're, I'm absolutely gonna do this. We'll figure it out." So we had to like go and we got another machine and we figured out color process. I know all this. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's you know, but. But I think it was good because it kind of forced us to realize that, like, hey, you know, there's going to be... Color's a big deal. Color's a big deal. And I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really taken that into consideration. But there's no way you can have a color, a black and white cookbook. I mean, <laughs> like, you just got this beautiful, like, recipe for, you know, something with strawberries. And there's these beautiful red strawberries that, you know, are going to... Grayscale strawberries? No, but that's not going to pop that. So we knew we had to figure it out, so... Although, if you can draw, I'll give you inspiration for your next fictitious... Um cookbook. It would be fun to put out one of like a 1950s style, 1940s style with like the diagrams and the women in the big 
bloused dresses, like with the narrow faces, and it's like Sally cuts the carrots, oh. and it's just all black and white, like hand drawn. That would be wonderful. You think so? I, I think I people would be look wonderful for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I have lots of ideas for other people. It's kind of my forte. Yeah, let's not get on his pigeon book. <laughs> no. Let's keep going. So. Uh, we're going to wind up here. Thank you so much for joining us. But before we go, can you talk uh, a little bit about where you can be found on the Internet and things like that? Okay. So you can find me on Facebook. If you just pull up Kelly Hughes Roberts, there's usually plenty of stuff up there. Um, I have farmfoodyfitness.com. There's my cookbooks are on there. You can find me at Saltwater Media with Steph, um, Beach Bodies and Wellness. There's a boutique link that you can click on there. You can order from there. Um, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, you can find me anywhere. Gotcha. And we'll also put links to all your links. will go up on the website, so we'll make you really easy to find. Great. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining thanks us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming, Kelly. So What's Your Story was recorded at Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Find us at saltwatermedia.com and on social media. Want to hear more? Just follow along by subscribing on iTunes to hear more behind the story stories want other people to hear more give us a great review on itunes tell your story